The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts of this program do not necessarily say to reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 18th of September, 2021. I am your host, Bad Billy. Got a great show lined up for you. In just a little bit, uh, you're going to hear an interview that I recorded with uh, Idaho governor candidate Ammon Bundy, an interesting gentleman, and uh, had a good conversation with him that you're about to hear. In the second hour, uh, you'll hear from Tony Kryptonite Lopez. Now, remember, I interviewed him on the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show 10 years ago. And uh, we're going to catch up and talk some bare-knuckle boxing because that's what he's been doing. And then uh, in the third hour, we're I'm glad to be joined once again by the master, Chris Master for News of the Weird. Before I get to any of that, I want to go ahead and cue the first song of the night. This is Madison Rising with Dangerous. And I'll be back with the interview with Ammon Bundy right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio.
Hey there, Thrill Seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you. You're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah, blah drink in a can or bottle. One that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be an herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If you can't tell the difference between delivery and DiGiorno, there's a good chance you've been fooled by a transvestite once or twice as well. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. You can ask anyone what the definition of freedom of speech means, and they will tell you it means you can say whatever you want. But freedom of speech goes beyond the physical act of speaking. It is what us as United States citizens can use to express ourselves, and it is a way we as human beings can grow. Those two things combined is what makes freedom of speech so important to us as a nation. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Hey, I'm Neil, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Dangerous by Madison Rising, and now it is time for Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk with Idaho Governor Candidate Ammon Bundy. Here we go. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk starts now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of 
Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk. I want to welcome my guest here. Now, I cannot say that he is the craziest uh, candidate for governor that uh, I've ever talked to, but he's definitely up there. <laughs> I want to welcome Ammon Bundy to the show. Ammon, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now uh, we'll we'll get into why I say you're up there for uh, one of the one of the craziest candidates for governor. But I got to tell you, the craziest I think I've ever met or talked to was a little over 20 years ago. I w- I was in Boise and I got into a taxi cab. A man by the name of Harley Brown. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Is talking about how he wanted to get into politics, possibly run for president, and. Uh, a few years later, I run into him again, and he's and he's running for governor of Idaho. And this guy is a biker. I mean, he's and he talked <laughs> talked about being a, a member of a biker club. And uh, so I've seen him at uh, some of the debates. One of the, definitely the he's the craziest. So I uh, can't take that spot from him. But I've definitely uh, seen you in some moments. Well, maybe I. Got to get to know this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of what you had to say, and uh, I understand uh, a lot of why you've done uh, a lot of what you've done is because you're a patriot. You want to you want to keep this uh, keep you want you want to uphold the Constitution. You want to you know you want us to have the freedom that we've always we've always been allowed to have, of course, but, uh, here we are. And I, the way I describe this, we, um, we are not up against a rattlesnake. We are not up against, uh, a cobra. We're not up against even a black mamba. We are up against a serpent with many heads. And, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're fighting a battle against this serpent. Yeah. I've, I've been fighting this battle for some time, uh, knowing that what is happening now was going to happen. And the reason I knew that is because it happened to my family and I, you know, almost seven years ago. And I woke up at that time and started looking and seeing that what they did to my family was not so uh, unique. They were planning on doing it to everybody. And, uh, that put me in action and got me, uh, high, highly aware of what was about to happen. And I've been in action ever since trying to wake people up and unify people to stand against, uh, what will come if, if people don't, uh, stop it. Yes. Yes. Um, we, we see tyranny in action. I mean, if, if this last election alone wasn't tyranny, I mean, what's going to convince people uh, that, that that there is real tyranny in in the work right now? I mean, well, you, I mean, I, you know, if people can't see, they're never going to see. I mean, if they can't see the loss of liberty that's taken place uh, through the last year and a half, including the elections then uh, I don't think they're ever going to see them. They become so uh, complacent and so uh, blinded that they're never going to see it. 
And of course, uh, you know, I'm looking at our, our beloved state of Idaho and um, what, uh, what I see in the works, what's being taught to our children in schools anymore in this, you know, how critical race theory is being pushed on us and, and all kinds of other stuff. In fact, it was just a little over a year ago that I had a debate with somebody who's lived in Boise his whole life. And uh, he he's a proud progressive liberal, you know, and um, and he says, you know, well, Idaho always has hasn't always been uh, been su- such a red state. Uh, look at the days when when Andrus was governor governor. But yeah, but Cecil Andrus, I don't think I think he's rolling over in his grave to see what's going on now because he he wasn't such a bad governor back in the day. Well, my my grandfather and grandmother, they back in their days, they promoted themselves as a Democrat. They voted Democrat because um, it didn't mean the same thing. It wasn't the same thing as it is now. Um, you know, it used to be a blue collar party, and uh, it's nothing to what it is now. Now it's a complete uh, socialist, communist, uh, really a, a a front communist front and so i mean it's you can't compare uh you know the state of idaho being what democrats are now compared to back then just because there was a democrat uh governor yeah and um, not only that uh, see the last time a, a democrat even won uh, this state with and i did my research on this was 1964 but back then, uh, only a handful, of, a small handful of states uh, actually uh, voted for uh, Barry Goldwater. But that was the last time that I, that uh, a Democrat has won the state of Idaho. And and now, of course, um, we're we're still a red state uh, if you uh, exclude, uh, especially if you exclude uh, the Sun Valley uh, Ketchum area. But um, you know, this guy I had a debate with, I, th- what he said to me on this show was he is he was encouraging more Californians, more Oregonians to move here, it, uh, you know, get into the Boise Meridian area where, where the largest population is with the hopes of turning the state. Um, and I want to ask... Absolutely. What I want to ask you, how far or how close are we are to that point for the state of Idaho? Well, I think we're we are very very close. I I'm confident that we are probably within a election cycle, a four year election cycle away. And the reason I say I'm confident is because you have to add the many establishment rhinos on the Democrat side. You have to add them. You have to count them with it because, um, you know, we might, they, they might run as Republicans, but they don't believe in the Republican platform, the Republican principles, principles of conservative, conservative principles, and they will vote right alongside the Democrats. So when you look at that, yeah, we might still way in in you know in four years we might still look like we're republican when we're really not and that is a huge problem because now all of a sudden 
You know, we see welfare go out of control, state welfare uh, get out of control. We see property rights diminished. We see all of these socialist uh, programs that are increased, and, and, and we see our state become an Oregon, Washington, California, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, and so forth. Yeah, it, it is so unfortunate, too. I mean, uh, you know, areas like uh, where I grew up, and I'm pretty sure, because I, I know you're fam you're familiar with Emmett, um, so then you know exactly where I grew up. I grew up in a, in a village, if you want to call it that, 20 miles north of Boise called Horseshoe Bend, and there's no way in hell you're going to turn that community blue, not for, not for a long time anyway. But uh, yeah, you, um, you know, it seems like you get you get uh, it's the areas that are most populated for for the state that uh, seem to count the most. I mean, you look at uh, the state of Illinois, which is primarily red, except Chicago is what makes it blue. I mean, look, look at the rest of the state, um, you know, and then of course you got Boise, Meridian, Nampa, Caldwell. And uh, the, the Treasure Valley, which uh, does seem to be filling up uh, uh, with Democrats. You, you already have a communist mayor for, I mean, I'm not even going to say socialist. We have a communist mayor for Boise, who I feel doesn't belong here in the first place and needs to get her ass back over to Massachusetts as far as I'm concerned. But that's just me talking. Well, it is a you know, it is a statistical fact that when you, a, a state builds up, meaning where they get more dense populated in a certain area and they start to build up high-rise apartments, you get congestion, you get smog, you get a lot of crime, then, then the people in that area begin to vote more liberal. And Idaho has some decisions that they have to make now to make sure that Boise and all the metropolitan area doesn't become a dense populated uh, apartment sky rise, a mess of political, uh, you know, corruption and liberalism that we actually grow out, that we grow out, we spread out. We've got 32 million acres in Idaho that is controlled by the federal government. And a portion of that around these towns and some of these other areas, they need to be made available to the people so that we can grow out, um, so that we can continue to maintain our conservative identity here in I Idaho, where we can know where our food came from, where we can feel the, the grass and the, and the ground underneath our toes when we walk outside. That, you know, that keeps us rooted in conservatism. And uh, that's just one of the things that Idaho needs to do in order to preserve uh, and keep Idaho, Idaho. Yes, I, I like that phrase, keep Idaho, Idaho. Yeah. But uh, one thing, one thing I want to ask you is, um, you know, I've got, I've got an uncle uh, up in the Horseshoe Bend area who um, over a span of 30 years, um, you know, he's a uh, he bought like uh, uh, 20, 30 acres, and uh, he 
Took him, a, took him a few years, but he built his house there, and now for the past 20 years, he's been living in this house on his property, living, um, you know, very content where he's at, and I'm happy for him for that. But what are the odds now that, uh, you know, that uh, if things go bad, like they're going to pull what they're pulling in South Africa, land expropriation without compensation. So, you know, government agents showing up at his house saying, saying, uh, you you got a month to leave your house. This this is now government property. Well, that's who liberals are. Uh, liberals want to use the government to force uh, their will upon them, and their will is that all things become common or socialized or become communism. That's what it is, so that your property, no matter what it is, all the way from your the the land, the house you live live in, your water rights, all the way to your body, which is your property. They want to make that common, and they want to say that the government gets to control that and determine what is done with that. That's the opposite of the American dream. That's the opposite of freedom, and that is what we're fighting. And so, yeah, if we allow the ideological uh, uh, processes and, and, and those ideas to, to foster and prosper in Idaho, that's what we get. We get a government that is, believes that they have authority to come in and, and take our property all the way from our homes to our bodies. Yeah, yeah. You know, they want everybody... You already had have uh, that idiot New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, she's all about tax the rich, of course. Um, and if you look in the history books, that has never worked. Communism has never worked, ever. But uh, what what is it now? Because, I mean, you got kids th these days that, uh, I mean, back when uh, I was in school, when you, when you were in school, um, you know, we we were taught the truth of what communism really is. It's it's something that that is of pure evil. Now these kids are being taught that hey, communism could be something good, so we should push for it. And no, and now you got you got a generation that's gonna that's growing up believing this crap. They believe that. And, and I, I often wonder if it's just the loss of idea that, you know, nothing is free. My dad taught me and my brothers and sisters very clearly that nothing was free. That even if someone tried to give it to us, um, we, we are to try to offer, you know, the value back of that. that and, and that if someone gave us something, they had to work for it. And so it wasn't free. And, you know, the idea that you can take and uh, make everything common, which is communism again, or you can take and say that no one owns a home, that, it, that it's common, that no one owns a vehicle, that it's common, that no one owns, you know, even their own clothes, it's all common, and that that, and that, that is the best way for people to live, um, you know, it, it's it's actually a complete 
opposite, again, what, what I've said of, of, of the American dream, of freedom, of liberty, because when you have something that's quote-unquote common, then there has to be someone that determines uh, what is done with that. There has to be someone that can say, well, this person needs your stuff because you don't have as much and they have more. And, they ha- and that per- that, those people are what we would call government. And so you're not making it common. It, common. All you're making and creating is a totalitarianism type of system. There is no other thing. There's either freedom or oppression, totalitarianism. There is no such thing as the idea of common, uh, com, you know, things being common or communism. It's only force, uh, death, uh, you know, oppression. That's what it is versus freedom. And we have as, 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 you know, parents and as our teachers and leaders and all that, we have failed in teaching the truth about making all things common. It does not work. It's completely unmotivating, and it gets to where people can't, won't even do anything to feed themselves. And an entire society, when that happens, it'll completely crash into nothing. It's, it's an absolute path of failure. You know, somebody brought something up to me a few years ago that of uh, how the liberal mind thinks, and uh, you know, and, and you're solidifying that very much so as well. Is um, say you have your your grandfather is very very wealthy, and he's on his deathbed, and he's got it in his will that it's you and only you that's going to inherit his. His assets. You're going to get all his money when he's gone. He passes away, and it's right there in black and white. That money belongs to you, nobody else. But you got you got these liberals that think that they'd be entitled to that money, and you got to give them some. Main, mainly meaning you got to get rid of the majority of it because everybody else is entitled to that money. You know, this is the ideology that they have. Well, and and you have to go back. If that individual, uh, you know, the grandfather, generated that wealth through hard work and working smart, and and he didn't do it through any criminal methods, meaning taking something from somebody else. If he did it through, you know, free trade, willing buyer, willing seller and he was wise in that, um, then, then he gets to determine where that wealth goes. He gets to decide. And that, that, is, that is his to do. He doesn't have a... And, and therefore, it doesn't matter if it's the next generation or not. That individual determined what, what, where that wealth went, wealth went, and no one else has a right to, to it except him who he gave it to. And that is property rights. That is the American dream, and that is uh, what we are losing. Yes, yes. And see, if if these bastards in office get their way, it's not going to matter what that what what is will read. They're gonna they're gonna first ask for it, then they're gonna demand it, and then they're just gonna take it. So, um, in in a 
in a nutshell, communism is theft. It's government theft. That's exactly what it is. Well, yeah, that, that is absolutely. And that's why, that's why it's implemented um, because you've got people that, again, do not want to work for what they get. They think that they should get something for free and, and they want an entire society and uh, to use the force of law to give them what they did not earn. And that is what communism is. And it is terrible because it leads to the destruction of all nations and all people and families. And it, it leads to complete totalitarianism, complete state control. Um, and that is where we're headed because we have accepted communism enough uh, in our country to actually uh, begin perpetuating that, that path. And then again, you know, and I've heard other ridiculous things too, like, uh, well, we deserve it for the horrible things we've done in history. And please, no, we, we don't deserve this. Uh, it's about who earned it. Uh, you know, who, who it's been given to, uh, uh, according to who earned it. It's not about, it's not about taking it from somebody else. It can't be, you know, it cannot be about taking it from somebody else using force. Yes. I, de I definitely want to move on because, um, like, like I said, I uh, said, uh, right around the top of the interview, you're definitely up there for one of the craziest people I've talked to that's entered politics. Um, you know, I, I know the situation probably wasn't funny, but I still couldn't help but laugh seeing you getting arrested while sitting in a chair. Can you elaborate some on that? Well, I was sitting in a chair, yeah, but I wasn't sitting in that roller chair. That was a media lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was at a special session at the Capitol building, and... I was being highly influential on the legislatures to make sure that the governor did not pass an immunity bill. Uh, he wanted to pass a bill that was going to make himself and, and his buddies immune from uh, any COVID decision that they made. And so we rallied several hundred people, went to the Capitol building. They didn't like that we were there peacefully, but that we were influencing the legislature. And so they targeted me because they felt like I was the one that was bringing the people there. And they went into the Lincoln Auditorium at 5, 5.05, and they said the Lincoln Auditorium was closed at 5 o'clock, which it was closed at 7 o'clock, not 5, and it's a public open meet room. And they, they changed the closing time to 5 o'clock, trespassed me, and arrested me. Well, when they did that, I wasn't going to use my energy and effort to help them arrest me. How logical is that? So I just sat there and they fumbled around and finally they decided that they would get one of the other chairs that had wheels on it. They brought it over there and picked, picked me up and put me on that chair and rolled me out. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, like I said, is, I, I can't help but laugh a little bit because, uh, you know, you look at, look at it, uh, 
from a, from uh, my side, it does look kind of funny. But but no, what I admire about you is, uh, you know, like Muhammad Ali, who refused to be inducted into the service. I mean, you you uh, would rather stand behind your conviction and go to jail than give in to their demands. Yeah, I think I think the reason why we're losing our liberty is because not there's not more people willing to do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, we want to say that we're the home home of the you know the brave, a home of the free, and home of the brave. And I disagree with that. We're we're the we're the home of the cowards. No one is willing to do what it takes. Well, very few people are willing to do what it takes to be free. And because of that, God will take our liberty away. Because it liberty comes with courage. Liberty comes with faith. It's the opposite of fear. And if you are afraid of, you know, losing your job, afraid of losing your, your, uh, your pride, afraid of the way people might look at you, afraid of going to jail, afraid of getting beat up by a cop, uh, afraid of getting beat up by a criminal, um, then you can't be free. All you end up being is a little subject, uh, uh, you know, weakling who is, who does what everybody else tells them to do. I'm, I'm just going to be frank here because my show is uncensored. But yeah, you, if you, if you uh, choose to submit, you're, you are the system's bitch. That's plain and simple. I can't, I'm just going to be blunt about it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said it because that's exactly what I'm trying to say. And, and I refuse to be that, uh, that person. And it doesn't matter if I have to spend time in jail or if I have to, um, you know, stand up even harder, I will do it. And, um, and really what I was doing there, to be honest with you, as I was showing the rest of the people, the amount of force that they would use against me because I just simply wouldn't comply. And they sent 46 ISP officers for one person. And there was probably another dozen uh, Boise police officers in the hallway just for me. Uh, and they were, cause they were trying to intimidate the people and saying, look, you don't come in here. You don't influence, you don't do what we want you to, what we don't want you to do. You know, this is our house, not yours. And we're in the, we're in the Capitol building. That's right. I mean, that's the way it's was designed to begin with the, uh, you know, the government works for us. We, the people. That's the way it was intended. That's something we have abandoned. That is something we need to... People need to get off their asses and, uh, and, and stand up uh, for, for what actually belongs to them to begin with. But, uh, you know, if you're, it was said a long time ago that if you're willing to trade your liberty for security, you're not going to have either. Yeah, exactly. That's a Ben Franklin Franklin quote, and um, it's an absolute true quote. You can't, you can't. Li- liberty costs something, and again, it comes down to like, you know, socialism, communism. People are wanting something for nothing, and they want to be free, but not pay the price. Uh, they want they. Uh, I think we lost you. <laughs> All right, you still there? Hello? Yeah. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. No, you dropped out for a second, but uh, you were saying? 
I was just saying that people want to, you know, freedom, they want liberty, but they don't want to pay for it. They don't want to pay the price for it. And that's basically what socialism and communism is. They, they don't, they want something that they didn't earn. And each generation has to earn liberty. And liberty is a great blessing. It is a, it is a tremendous blessing to live life and be free and decide who you're going to trade with, how you're going to worship, uh, what you're going to worship, when you're going to worship, when you're going to travel, um, where you're going to live, who you're going to marry. These are all things that in the past governments have said we get. I think I lost him again. <laughs> oh, boy. Big Brother is watching. Yeah, I'm, are you still there? Yes, Big Brother is watching, but I don't give a shit. So. Yeah, they don't like this talk, I guess, because I'm I'm in I've got you know full bars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, make long story short, freedom freedom costs something, and and if you are sitting at home, and I'm not talking about you, but if you got anybody in the audience audience is sitting at home and think that just going to work and coming home and doing nothing more than just making money or nothing more than just your comforts in your home, if you're not doing more than that, then you're not paying the price for liberty. And that, and, and then you don't deserve it. You don't deserve to be free. You know, and I've, I've said this before, too, that this is what communism is. And once again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. Communism is a pile of dog shit with whipped cream and chocolate sauce and sprinkles and sugar and strawberries. Do you still want to take a bite? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Cause, uh, Cause you get down, you get down uh, below. It's still a pile of dog shit, no matter what they put on it. And you're going to regret it. Yep. Yep. It's going to taste real bad for you. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. A good analogy. <laughs> that's a good analogy. Yes. So, uh, the, a few minutes left here. Let's uh, talk about uh, your campaign. You know, um, obviously, you see something wrong in the system, as we all do, and uh, this you got to do something about it. So you are running for governor of Idaho. Yeah, I'm running. I mean, I like I said, I I've been in involved quite a bit with influencing government for some time now, in many different ways. And I see uh, an opportunity now for uh, someone like me to actually uh, take the seat of government, the seat of governor, and strip down many of the powers in the bureaucracies and do a lot of good for the people of Idaho. And I think the people of Idaho right now are ready to consider something completely different than all the establishment, rhinos, uh, that for multiple decades now have controlled the political atmosphere of Idaho and are bringing us into uh, California, Oregon, and Washington-type state. And it's time that we reject that. I think they're ready for that. And because of that, I am a, uh, you know, a leading candidate uh, in this race, uh, leading even the lieutenant governor and gaining on the governor um, in all the polls. And also, uh, you know, you're, you're going to help protect, uh, our first amendment right. And of course our second amendment rights, which are under heavy scrutiny right now. So 
I don't know which one's under worse scrutiny because uh, when, you know, you see one and you see the other, you know, and they're pushing for gun control and all this crap. But, and uh, I don't even have anything like an, like an AR-15 or anything like that. I've just got a basic bolt action rifle with a, uh, with that you hold three in the magazine. I got a, I've got an old fashioned Colt revolver and I've got a shotgun, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not too worried about Biden coming after me for those, but it's, uh, who's going to follow him, you know, cause uh, they're going to eventually try to come after everything. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what the agenda is. I mean, there is an agenda <laughs> and it is, coming after your, your rights, um, and it is, uh, it is include the right to defend yourself. And so, yeah, that's the agenda. And if we don't think there's not an agenda, then we're fooling ourselves. Well, just think about this. You know, I have mentioned South Africa many times on this show, and South Africa is indeed the blueprint testbed for what they want here in America. Right now, there's a man on trial for his life because so, because uh, some people came into his house, ransacked his house, and even shoved a screwdriver through his ear. How he survived that and is still alive today is beyond me, but he managed to grab his pistol and shoot his assailant, and he's the one on trial for murder. Even though there's plenty, yeah. plenty of evidence that that uh, proves he was defending himself, but this is what's coming to America. Yeah, this is part of the agenda. And in most of the courts, uh, even on a county, uh, state and federal level, we have these extreme liberals. And I'm talking about here in Boise, you know, here in Idaho, uh, we have these extreme liberals that have gone into these uh, positions of prosecutor attorney generals, um, and they are prosecuting basically anybody who is uh, contrary to their agenda. And remember, what they're after and what, what the result is is to make all things common. So private property, the right to defend yourself, um, you know, is, is, is top on their list. And so anybody comes along and rightfully defends themselves using a gun, um, they will prosecute and they hope that a jury will also agree with them. And they're very persuasive and the judges are very persuasive and they actually might get this guy convicted, even though he's a 100% innocent and well within the rights that God gave him to defend his own life. Yes. So this is the system we're up again. Like, like I said, you know, this is the serpent. And, uh, you know what, better sharpen your sword because, because uh, th this serpent has many heads. Yeah. And, you know, you have to understand, I, I see the threat of the bureaucracies, these agencies, the, you know, Department of Justice, uh, the Department of Education, the Department of Health, the Child Protection Services, all of these things I see. And they all fall under the executive branch. And the governor is the head of the executive branch. And I am intend on getting into that position and diminishing the power of the bureaucracy so that Idaho and the people of Idaho can be more free and also so that Idaho can be a refuge from the outside world 
uh, from the federal government coming in, from anybody else that wants to come and infringe upon the people of Idaho's rights, the resources of the state will be used to protect those rights. And that is the whole reason, main reason I'm running. And I appreciate that. You know, I have to respect you as I do any soldier. So, I will. You know, I don't know that I'm I'm worthy of that, but I I will. You know, I I just want people to understand. I'm not I'm not selling anything else. I'm selling the fact that I've stood up against the government multiple times, including the federal government. They spent $100 million trying to prosecute my family in two different massive federal trials, and we beat them both times so bad that even a Portland jury found us not guilty on all charges. And I know how to fight, and I intend on using the the blessings that the Lord has given me, including freedom, to protect and help my neighbor be free. And that includes running for governor. Yes, Yes, like I said, you know, make sure your sword is sharp. Make sure your shield is durable. You've, I'm pretty sure you've covered those bases pretty well. Well, you know, I have to say and make it very clear that God is the one who gave us the advantage to win against the most powerful government ever known in the history of man, against the most powerful massive legal team ever known in the history of man and for a little ranching family to beat these people twice in their own court it wasn't necessarily because of our wisdom but it it was because we relied on the lord and he gave us an advantage he gave us the advantage and that is how we remain free and that is how a david beats a goliath absolutely I hate to say it, but uh, we are out of time for the segment. Uh, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to talk to me. And um, I believe you got a website. Anybody who wants to support your campaign, where can they go? VoteBundy.com. It's real simple. VoteBundy.com. And, yeah, uh, come support me. Uh, subscribe uh, to my emails. You'll get my messages. You can contact me. I will reply personally. As long as I can do that, I will. I want you to donate. Uh, We have a message to tell, and it costs money to spread this message. So I need people to donate, support my campaign. And, uh, you know, again, just want to emphasize that I am uh, leading the, uh, the, the election in the polls, uh, in many polls. And, I am a I am a contending uh, a candidate that has a true chance at getting the Republican nomination and becoming the governor the next governor of Idaho. And we definitely need you there. That's for sure. Yes. At least uh, if if you if it's not you, we need somebody like you. So. <laughs> yeah, if there's somebody else. Yeah. You know that that had the name recognition and could do that. I would much rather them do it. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I want to wish you the best of luck. And should you happen to come to Twin Falls and speak, uh, I, I'll do my best to be there for sure. I look forward to meeting you face to face. Absolutely. Once again, thank you so much for your time. God bless you and best of luck to you in your campaign.
Thank you. Have a good day. You too. And there you have the interview with Ammon Bundy. It was great talking to him. It's time to go to our first music set. Coming up, we have Roger D. Miller. Going to be followed by a new breed and Jesse Howard, Holly West, Nikki Breyer, and another new one from Tom McDonald. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, did you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? annoying song ever made and it's from korea just like our new product the new talking kim jong un doll i don't even know what that means why would you name your kid that i mean kim i care everyone arrest you give a justin bieber as my sexist raves no more eric cartman the meme of me or everybody dies I order a uh, Mirary to destroy a mer- Oh, that a spicy kimchi? My dad, the inventor of the internet and the whole world, you will found that a- Oh, that a McDonald's? American president, the Dennis Lodman, can breathe, but blessed of you die. The new Kim Jong-un, talking doll from Stinky Canyon. You write my Facebook page or I bomb you. And you can pick up your Kim Jong-un talking doll at cheap junk retailers everywhere. Warning, use of this doll may lead to a nuclear strike right up your ass. 
my papa told me some This country wouldn't fall for by men who run So get your rifle and get your gun And tell them all this when they come don't trade on me Don't trade on me Say it again Don't trade on me For the ones who trespass against us when they come to take our guns and get lit up like it's Christmas hell fire through the homeland. Lord, we beg and plead. How much blood are we gonna bleed until they finally set us free? I'm just a broke man from the bottom, come but I refuse to be quiet. They gonna have to lock me away or put me inside a mental asylum. To this day, I hear them sirens. I know it's coming ahead. I just pray for the ones I love and thank you, God, for my daily bread. Amen. So hate the love that's coming for sure Loaded and cocky, get ready for war My granny, my papa, they passing the torch Only big dogs hopping off the porch With shotguns and thick skin When the time comes, either sink or swim Never bow down, we rise up It's in our blood, we play to win My papa told me some This country wouldn't fall for by men who run Get your rifle and get your gun Tell them all this when they come Don't trade on me Get your rifle and get your gun 
Fill home all these when they come Don't trade on me
I'll be free from the demon, free from the devil, free from the man who went to hell, yeah!
the country fell asleep, but they scream woke. We're distracted by vaccines and TV shows, politics, celebrity gossip, popular neat quotes. Black lives, white lives, which lives mean most? We only dedicate one day to remember our fallen soldiers, the men and women who died young. But if you come out the closet as Caitlyn Jenner, you're a hero and you get a whole pride month. The most dangerous pandemic's propaganda from these clowns. Only mass is gonna save us is duct tape on their mouths. Don't speak. We don't need to defund police. Need to defund the media who lies through their teeth like Big Pharma doesn't cure you, dog. Cause every patient that gets cured is a customer lost. And Big Oil runs the world. The only wars that get fought are with the countries who have natural resources they want. Heard him claiming if a white man braids his hair and likes rap, he's appropriating culture. But if a white man acts too white, he's white trash He's a racist, he's a bigot, he's a monster Let's just have the conversation Not every liberal is dumb, not all Republicans are racist The government wants everybody fighting with their neighbors Cause they know that if we get along, we'll probably go against them They can't stop us Cause we're ready to fight Try to brainwash us But we won't let freedom die The whole world's brainwashed Monkeys become people and people turned into sheep They put fluoride in the water that's keeping us all asleep Claim they want what's best for us, I find it hard to believe Cause they've been selling us cigarettes since we was 18 Fake news, fake woke, distract and divide You're either right or you're left or you're black or you're white Big tech don't need a microchip to hack in your life Cause the phone inside your pocket is a tracking device And I don't know what I'm all sick of Rappers or Joe Biden looking like he ate 100 Xanax for dinner Cause censoring the president and kicking him off Twitter Is a bigger threat to freedom than foreign ballistics Missile. You don't trust the police or the government, but you want people giving up their right to own a firearm. Why would you be comfortable if police and the government the only people on the planet with the right to buy a gun? White privilege getting amplified to reinforce division. It convinces white people that they're favored by their skin and black people getting angry because they're told they're treated different. So the conflict is between us and never with the system. Let's just have the conversation. Not every liberal is dumb. Not all Republicans are racist. The government wants everybody fighting with their neighbors because they know that if we get along, we'll probably go against them. They can't stop us because we're ready to fight, trying to brainwash us. But we won't let freedom die. The whole world's brainwashed. Everybody pick a team, start a riot in the streets. The whole world's brainwashed. It's against them, it ain't you against me. Step one, train the people only to consume. Step two, infiltrate adults with the news. Step three, indoctrinate the children through the schools and the music and the apps on the phones that they use. Step four, separate the right from the left. Step five, separate the white from the black. Step six, separate the rich from the poor. Use religion and equality to separate them more. Step seven, fabricate a problem made a lie. Step eight, put it on the news every night. Step nine, when people start to fight and divide, take control. This is called situational. No design. They can't stop us. Cause we're ready to fight. Trying to brainwash us. But we won't let freedom die. The whole world's brainwashed. Everybody pick a team, start a riot in the streets. The whole world's brainwashed. Not against them, it ain't you against me.
There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray product. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. There are also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. 
Yo, baby, you have your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard a new one from Tom McDonald. That was called Brainwashed. Before that, Nicky Breyer with Free From The Demon. Prior to that, Holly West with Home. Before that, New Breed and Jesse Howard with Don't Tread On Me. And starting off the whole set, Roger D. Miller with Country Boy. All right. In just a little bit, uh, you'll hear the interview that I recorded with Tony Kryptonite Lopez. Yes, talking about uh, bare-knuckle boxing. But before I get to that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is General Mark... Millie. Basically, uh, you know, as much as I like Donald Trump, uh, maybe he should have picked his uh, staff a little more carefully. Because first, Mike Pence stabs him in the back, and now this guy who's the highest-ranking general and uh, now has to talk shit about Donald Trump. And, of course, uh, Biden and his administration are going to eat it up, you know. Basically, uh, this guy's a Benedict Arnold is what he is, and he's lost my respect. Anyway, enough on that. Let's go to Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Boxing. Boxing. Mixed martial arts. Professional wrestling. And apparently, Hell in the Cell match is officially underway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Knuckle up and throw down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion, it has been a while since I talked to this gentleman. In fact, it was 10 years ago when I first interviewed him. I want to welcome Tony Kryptonite Lopez to the show. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on here again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's 10 years ago. I, I first interviewed you in 2011. In fact, uh, no, for the listeners, as uh, for the uh, classic interviews, I will be playing that interview here on Outlaw Radio next week. So, yeah, here they'll get a chance to hear what you did 10 years ago. But uh, 
Lately, uh, you've been making the transition from uh, MMA to you've done some boxing and uh, some bare knuckle boxing. That's correct. <laughs> I, uh, MMA has just uh, slowed down, you know, significantly for me because of uh, COVID and just, you know, just running out of opponents. Yes, yes. And then boxing just, you know, is taking off more. So I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like, like I, I even stated it on Facebook. I, and I remember this clearly too, how disgusted I was that, uh, how the UFC never really gave you much of a chance. And yet they signed CM Punk, who's, uh, you know, never even proven himself. And I don't know how many times over you proved yourself by beating UFC veterans. But I guess it is what it is, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, when 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 once I finally accepted the fact that they were never going to use me, you know, it, it changed my outlook on on you know my career and stuff. So because I mean, there was a time, you know, well, in, back in 2010, you know, I was still doing decent, but uh, there was a time when I when I just I just fell off. You know, I I, I fought I think it was uh, ten times, and out of those ten times, I only won twice in in two years. So, I mean, I was pretty much done, you know, because that was like like my heartbreaking thing where the UFC said, man, we don't want you. And I was like, fuck. Well, that, that was that was the whole goal, you know, that when you do MMA, the whole goal is to get to the top. But UFC was the top back then. So I was like, man, ain't going to get there, so what's the point? But, uh, yeah, you know, you know, I just kept, you know, trucking away because it's easy money to me to, to fight, you know. So <laughs> did that, and uh, then Bare Knuckle came up, and uh, that was a great opportunity right there. Yes, yes. So, bare knuckle, uh, the bare knuckle championship. The, um, there's actually a few different bare knuckle promotions out there, but uh, you're with the top one. Now, uh, what I want to know first is, um, let's is this actually um, how how is the sanctioning bodies? How are the sanctioning bodies working with uh, bare knuckle competition? Obviously, I don't see it in Nevada or California or New Jersey where the major. Ones are maybe not yet, but it might work its way there. Yeah, you know what? I mean, there's only there's only uh, excuse me, there's only so many states that uh, allow it right now because like I said it's 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 still fairly new, and uh, you know they're just trying to get uh, the commissions in each state to to accept what they're doing. And I mean, like I said, it's just like the UFC when it first started. You know, they they had a you know I loved it when it first started. You know, it's just raw and. Uh, they had to put some more rules and implications, all that stuff to make it more people friendly, I guess. And, uh, with bare knuckle though, bare knuckle did, did all that already, but people are still like, uh, you know, other, other States, the commission there are still like, man, I don't know about that, you know, bare knuckle fighting stuff, but I mean, it's safe. The, the, the rules are, are in place. I mean, it's, it's exactly like boxing. Everything is identical to boxing rules. The only, there's only one difference in, in the rules is, uh, in, in bare knuckle, you can grab, you know, you can hook the, the back of the neck. And then once you grab it, you have about one and a half seconds to start throwing blows. You know, if you don't throw, throw any punches, then, you know, ref will break you apart. But that's the only difference between boxing and bare knuckle boxing and besides the gloves, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so the dirty boxing as- aspect is uh, allowed a lot more then. Well, the, yes, but I mean, it's, it's, it's not that that dirty eyes i would say you know mm-hmm. i mean because i mean like i said i mean the worst is just that you grab the back of the head but at the same time you know you that's putting one you know you're giving up one hand to hit you know so your opponent still has his two hands he can you know start delivering body shots 
it just depends on who who takes advantage of the position. Yes, yes. And, well, you know, I may not have looked into it enough, but I'm not hearing very much about hand injuries because, you know, back in the early days, um, you know, back in the John L. Sullivan days, of course, it wasn't very often where it was like a newsflash if somebody threw a punch to the head or to the face, you know, the way it was back then. And there, there on honestly maybe more knockouts uh, from body blows back then than uh, – and now we're seeing uh, – I think, I don't know, maybe it's because of the evolution of the sport or something. What do you think? You know what, actually? Um, I spoke to, you know, my uh, doctor who does my physicals and all that stuff for the fights. And when I told him about, you know, that I was doing bare-knuckle boxing, he said, well, you know what? That's better than boxing. And I said, oh, really? Why Why do you say that? And he says, it's simple. And, and with bare-knuckle boxing, you know, all you're dealing with is, is lacerations. You know, it's like an external, just a quick cut. You know, you, you stitch them up if you need to, and that's it. They're fine. In boxing, you got the gloves, and they're getting hit repetitively over and over again, so they're getting brain damage. So, I mean, like I said, there's there's a there's a lot safer in bare knuckle boxing than it is in boxing, just for the simple fact that you don't get your head bashed in. You know, you, I mean, you get hit, you get cut. If you get cut, and you get, you get stopped by the the, the 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 ref, the doctor, all that kind of stuff, your corner. So, I mean, it's it's uh like when I fought. You know, I, I got a few little cuts. Three days later, I was fine. You know, all healed up. Nothing, nothing wrong with me. So, and then my hands, same thing. You know, the hands is, is it's just if if you know how to punch properly, nothing's gonna happen to your hands. You know, it's when you throw those wild, crazy shots that just loop from wherever, and you know they they come full force and land wherever. You know, that's where you you take a risk of hurting your hands. You see, there's one other difference, too, that uh, from uh, the, today's era of uh, bare-knuckle boxing to uh, the way it was before uh, gloves were introduced, too, is uh, back then, John L. Sullivan, uh, Jim Jeffries, and all, Jack Johnson, they didn't wrap their hands. You guys are wrapping your hands, too, which makes it a little bit safer. Well, well hold, on, hold on to the you guys, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not part of that you guys. <laughs> I didn't wrap my hands for me. I don't wrap my hands for bare knuckle, you know. And when it, when I when I looked at it, like when the first uh, bare knuckle came to be, you know, they were they were talking about the rules and everything like that, and they said they had to wrap, and as loud as I could be in front of everybody, I said, whoa, 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 we said there's bare knuckle. Why that? Why are we wrapping? Why do we have to wrap? And you know, that was part of the the stipulation of you know being safe, you know, protecting your hands a little bit more. You know, your knuckles are still exposed, but to me, I'm like. That's stupid, you know. So, so I read the rules, and the rules state that all you have to do is have a strip of, of uh, tape around your palm area, you know, all the way around your hand, one around the thumb, and one around the wrist. And my my first bare knuckle, that's all I put on there. And you know, they were like, "Hey, hey, you need to rub your hands more." I'm like, "No, check your rules." That's exactly what I need, and that's all I did. And by the second and third round those wraps came off. You know, each round, a piece of the wrap would come off. By by the third round, you know, I was uh, finding bare knuckle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nothing on my hands. So, <clears throat> really going I mean, old this, school. This, this, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to me, that, that I always say, because in training, same thing, you know, people wrap, you know, wrap their hands, all that stuff before they put their gloves on, before they spar, all this stuff. And I'm like, all you're doing is teaching yourself to, to, to punch wrong. Because you, you're having weak wrist. So when you punch, all of a sudden your 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 wrist gives out if you don't have if they're not wrapped. 
You know, I, 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 no matter what, I always tell people, okay, if you're out in the streets and someone comes up to you, are you going to, you know, are you guys going to argue, are you going to fight? You say, hold on, hold on, I got to go wrap my hands or hey, let me stretch out, let me warm up or, oh, you're out of my weight class, you know, I can't fight you. <laughs> you know, I always say, and people all know, I know, I'm exactly, so why the hell are you rapping? Why do you have to warm up? Why are you doing all this other stuff here, you know? Damn, treat it like a regular fight. Just go in there and do your thing. <laughs> so Yes. So but like I said, they don't make them like me anymore. <laughs> so I take it then your analogy is kind of like, you know, if you're going to uh, be into carpentry or whatever, you got to, you got to, uh, get some calluses on, on the palms of your hands and then uh, later it just toughens up, you know, kind of the same analogy there, I take it. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you, you might get a splinter here and there, but hey, it's part of the, part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, so overall though, what was your, your reaction um, knowing that uh, bare knuckle boxing uh, first uh, came into play and uh, you get this opportunity? You know what? It, it's funny because uh, the first time they hit me up, I turned it down. <laughs> and then uh, uh, probably about three weeks later, they hit me up again. I said, no, I'm not interested. And the whole point of it is because at the time, I was working with a manager <coughs> that, that is well-connected in, the, in uh, Bellator and in the UFC. And I told him, look, if you can't get me in, then I'll know I'll be done here with, you know, trying to get in there and I'll just fight rinky-dink shows here and there and stuff and uh, make a little bit of money, whatever, but just continue to just pick up the little checks. And uh, he, he did his best. They tried to get me on in the UFC in the Contender Series and it, everything was going perfect. Everybody was loving the, the storyline behind me and all this stuff. Everybody was like, hey, man, this is awesome, man. We can make so much, you know, publicity, all this stuff. I mean, it's perfect. And then they said, but we just got to run it by one person. I said, give us a second. And of course, you know, that one person is Dana White. I mean, they didn't even pitch him anything. All they said was my name. Right when he heard my name, he said, nope. That's it. He didn't want to hear nothing else. He said, no. They tried me down. And then he came back and said, hey, you know, he said, no. He didn't hear nothing. He just heard the name and that was it. So when uh, they told me this, I said, okay, you know what? Well, I guess maybe uh, I'll go do that bare <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, I, I called him back up and said, hey, if you guys don't want to use me, I'm down. And sure enough, they, they did. You know, it's funny how you mentioned this, too. I'm going to t tell you a little story here. Is that uh, my cousin, who's a musician, was uh, about maybe uh, two or three weeks ago, he was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And lo and behold, who's hanging out at the bar that he's at? Dana White. And, and of course, they, got, they put it on Facebook all live. Yeah, we got to meet Dana White, you know. And, he's and I, I private messaged him, and I said, you only know him as a fan. You don't know that man behind the scenes. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, I, he's, they said, Oh, what are you talking about? He's a cool guy. And I'm like, yeah, when he's mingling with the fans, you don't know how he treats his employees or those who want to be employed by him. Yeah. You know, I actually, I, I ran into him once and, uh, I was, uh, working with Sean Lofter, he, he was going to fight, so he wanted me to be in his corner. I said, well, hey, that's, well, this might be the closest I ever come to being in that ring, you know, as a corner. So I said, fine, we'll all be there. So uh, he ends up getting hurt, doesn't even make a fight. So afterward, I, I say, hey, you know what? I talked to one of the, my other buddies. I was there, hey, let's go out front, you know, watch the fights and see if we can uh, talk to Dana after the fight's over. So we go out there, and 
running, you know, running to Dana White and say, hey, you know, I asked him, hey, what do I got to do to get in here, you know? And then uh, he says, oh, you know what, I, I'd love to help you out, but you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm like, who, who, who's the guy that I'm supposed to talk to? He's all, well, Joe Silva. I'm all, what? Why, why him? He's all, well, he's my boss. He tells me what to do. <laughs> and right then, right, right then and there, I said, I thought to myself, this guy must think I'm an idiot that I don't know how the, this business works and who he is and who, who Joe Silva is and all that stuff. So I said, oh, okay, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And turned around and walked away. And I was like, I was just like, I was like, my God, you know, I mean, the stupidest thing you could have ever said to me, it just came out of your mouth, you know? And, and I just, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, like I said, there's, there's not enough. I, there's not enough. There's no, nothing good I could ever say about Dana White. <laughs> well, I talked to him. I was with uh, MMA Weekly at uh, one of the, when I moved away from Vegas, uh, I stayed long enough for the last UFC. And that's when, uh, that was in 2013 when uh, Chris Weidman knocked out Anderson Silva. I was there for that. And I was, because I was a part of the press, um, you know, and I had to ask some questions and, and just the way he was always really snarky and, acting like he was better than the rest of us. That's that's what really threw me for a loop right there is like, this, yeah. guy, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I know that the boss sometimes has to be an asshole like, you, like he appeared to be on The Ultimate Fighter and all that, you know, because it, he kind of had to crack down on those guys because they were acting up. But, uh, you know, the way the way he treats the media is, is even worse and, and made me lose some respect for him. Yeah, you know it's funny because I, I I watched some some old footage of like you know the UFCs when when he took over in the beginning, and he was nothing but a fan. I mean, when he when he, when he was there, you know, the way you know, so he's just staring at all like big eye, like oh, like wow, these guys are here and the fight. It's just the funniest shit to see the, the expression on his face, you know. And then from that to now, you know, now yeah, of course, you know, he's he's grown, he's 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 famous, he's rich, he's all this, he got power. And so he knows that, and then he, of course, he uses that. And, and anybody that wants anything from him, and they gotta, they gotta either earn it, or, or they gotta have something that that works in his favor to, to be able to use them. Mm, yeah, that that doesn't settle very well with me. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. One thing, one thing I w- I want to ask you. I got, I got to elaborate on something too. Is you know. There was a, a long time ago, there was a documentary I watched about uh, boxing that uh, probably from, oh, goes up to the mid 80s. And it was called The Latin Legends. And uh, it was hosted by uh, Edward James Olmos. He's t- talking about boxers from Mexico, boxers from Puerto Rico, Cuba, and, uh, and parts of South America. And, um, you know, he, he said, obviously, the biggest biggest rivals in the uh, amongst Latinos are uh, Mexicans against Puerto Ricans. But I, I have to ask you something now, because I, I watched both uh, your fights with uh, Joey Beltron. Uh-huh. What is it um, when two Mexicans go in the ring against each other? And that this never fails me. I, those put on some of the most exciting fights I have ever seen. <laughs> Which there's, there's no quit, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, with with me and Joey, I mean, we got we got a nice long history, you know. We fought in MMA twice, and then we fought in Bare Knuckle twice. And I mean, when we went to Bare Knuckle, I mean, he had the advantage, 
because, I mean, he's a striker opposed to me. You know, I'm just a kicker. So when we were in there, I mean, we just were going at it. And I, I, I remember in the fifth round, I heard him say, no. I think he was telling himself, like, do not quit. Do not go down. You know, we're going to go to the end and stuff. But, yeah, that's all it is. You know, we just, we got heart and and, and there's no quit. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, uh like like when I watched Diego Sanchez against uh, uh, Gilbert Melendez or uh, Paul Buentello, he put a, a beating on Gilbert Aldana, but but Gilbert just would not quit. It's like it's like uh, this is insane, but it, yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it, it's, it's it's great for the the fans. I mean, part of like like uh, for me, that's part of it too. You know, because if if I quit, you know, to me, I feel like I che- I'm cheating the fans. Like, man, you know, I think he could have gone a little more, done this or done that. And so I got to make sure I do everything I can, you know, before, uh, you know, either I tap out, get knocked out, or, you know, it ends. <laughs> now, uh, to go a fur- bit further, uh, t- talking on the uh, bare-knuckle bare competition, of course, the ring is interesting. Uh, no cage, it's ropes, but it's circular. <laughs> so that's that's different for sure. Um, now I recently watched, uh, an episode of hell on wheels, uh, probably about uh, a month or two ago. And, uh, of course they had that episode, uh, where, uh, where the two guys were in what they called a pugilistic match and, uh, watching that episode, the way the fight began, they said, you have to put your toe on the line and then, you know, their hands were wrapped up in ropes. And in the end, one thing I noticed you guys put your foot on a line in the center of the ring before the ref starts. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, if you're asking what the line's for, is that what you're doing or? Is it just kind of, it's more or less, it, uh, or, is it kind of a throwback to the original, to the way boxing originally was uh, back, the, back in the 1800s to the early 20th century, basically? Yes, exactly. That. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's a, uh, like a landmark type thing right there. The, the two lines is like, Hey, step or stand on the line. And you know, when we go, you go at it, you know? And, uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much, Hey, look, is that far you stand apart from each other? And when we say go, just go, you know, there's no having to stand in the corner and you'll meet each other. It's like, Hey, we are starting right here in the beginning, right in the middle, just go and don't stop. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. Now if it was the, the, the original, uh, London prize ring rules. Cause it, um, it, it seems to me that they kind of mix the Marcus of Queensberry and the London prize ring, t- uh, together a little bit. Would, would that be an accurate description of the rules? Mm, I'd, say, I'd say yes. It'd be something like that, you know, cause I mean, I know that they have, uh, I lost him. He gives them their medals. Uh, one one second, right. you, you cut out there a little bit. Uh, could you repeat no. what you said, please? I was saying that they have a, a bare knuckle historian there that uh, he's the one that gives them the winner, the, the, the medal uh-huh. and stuff. And he, he's the one that uh, I know he, 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 he based like, you know, he, he uh, gave uh, Dave Feldman, the, the owner, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess, um, what is it? Matt, uh, that, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How, you know, he explained a lot of certain things that from back in the day, how they used to do it. 
so that Dave Fillmore would you know take some of that stuff and implement it into uh, what we do now, just so he could keep some of the authenticity between the way it was started to the way it is now. Yes, yes, and uh, uh, now um, somebody gets uh, somebody gets knocked down. You, you have to go to and there's no corners in a circle or. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> do you have to go? Nah, to, the just, what's pretty that? much the ref just points you to a, a direction that's not your corner, and that's where you go stand. And does it count? Yeah, yeah, there's a 10 count. All right, all right. So, so um, talk about uh, recently you had a match against uh, Alan Belcher. Unfortunately, that I did not get to see, uh, but... Uh, Look, looked like it, that too was another exciting fight. Of course it was. I mean, that's <laughs> that's all the whole reason I'm in there. You know, I mean, this fight. Let's put it this way: I fought Joey Beltran twice in bare knuckle boxing. The first time was a, I mean, a, a fantastic fight. It set the, the 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 precedent for how people should fight in bare knuckle. And then after that, the second fight, I w- it was supposed to be better. You know better than the first fight. And I was telling the promoter, the owner and stuff, hey, you know, this is going to be better. You know, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Well, I ended up going to train with uh, this trainer that liked to play it safe. You know, he, he taught me how to fight like Floyd Mayweather. Stick and move, win by points, and, you know, it's a boring-ass fight. And at the time, I was like, I didn't like it, but at the same time, I was like, well, I want to win a fight, you know? And uh, we get in the ring, and yeah, of course, you know, it was a boring-ass fight. <clears throat> I should have won, but it was in Mexico, and they decided to make Beltran the Mexican fighter and me the American fighter. And well, Mexico had uh, had their own judges brought in for the same reason that you know they wanted to have a little advantage. So, but we ended up getting a a draw on that fight, and my the promoter was just fumed fumed at me, you know, pissed, and uh, I knew it. And I mean, he shelved me for two and a, a little over two and a half years. Just, just, uh, like, just because I did that. And, uh, you know, he, he gave me an opportunity this, this past uh, month to fight Allen. And, uh, you know, I took it and, and then that opportunity, I mean, it was great. It was co-main event. And, uh, my whole, my whole goal in this fight was to make it exciting for the owner, for the fans. And, uh, that's it. I, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure there's blood, you know, my, my blood, his blood, our blood, both of our, you know, everything just. I wanted it to be a brawl between two guys in that ring. So, and I, and I, I said in my interviews and stuff, I'm like, look, I'm not here to win or lose. I'm here to, to give the fans a, a show, give the promoter what he's been, what he expects out of me. And, uh, hopefully you guys see me back here again. And, uh, that's, that's, that's all I try to do. Well, that was the tank Abbott philosophy when he, I remember he said, I'm not here to win. I'm here to fight. And I know he lost a lot, but, uh, yeah, he was there to fight when he was there when he showed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, well, that's what that's what people want, you know. And we, like for me, and at, at my age, and what I've been through, I'm like, well, I know I can take a hit, and I know I can give a hit. So I mean, now I'm like, let me just give the fans what they want. I know what what I want to see when I watch a fight. So I'm on. Hey, that's what I got to do now when I get out there. I got to perform. You know, I, I look at it as that's my stage. And I'm gonna put on a show, and if these people, whether whether I'm finding a hometown favorite or, or uh, you know, I'm the underdog, whatever it is, 
I'm, no matter what, I'm going to put on a show and I'm going to win people over because they're going to see that, hey, man, when, whenever this guy fights, whenever Tony Kryptonite Lopez fights, man, hey, you don't want to miss it. It's, it's, it's exciting every single, every, every which way, you know? So, and that, that's all. And, well, this fight, I mean, it was just that. I mean, it was exciting. We were going back and forth. And uh, in the end, the last, like, 10 seconds of the fifth round, I, I, I told Alan, hey, let's just throw. Let's start throwing, you know? And uh, he didn't want to. I mean, he said yes, but he just started, you know, dodging all my punches. and <laughs> kind of frustrated me because I wanted him to throw back at the same time. You know, hey, let's see who connects. But, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, we just, just try to make it exciting the whole way, the whole way through. Yes, yes. So we got about five minutes left of the segment, and I, I want to ask you this. Um, you know, obviously you stated that uh, boxing once again is on the rise, whereas uh, MMA is kind of on a decline a little bit, but that's going to go up and down. One thing, I'm I'm just disgusted lately with uh, what, what they've been doing in the sport of boxing. I cannot stand the Paul brothers at all. I mean... <laughs> They're making they're, they're, the money they're making is props to them for making the money, but this is ridiculous, you know. Well, yeah, it, it is and it isn't, you know, because no matter what, boxing, you know, any sport, it's all about making money. You know, it's a business, and of course, you know, I mean, you get something like that, like the the Paul brothers, whenever one of them comes in and you know talks to smack, he got a whole bunch of followers, so he's bringing new new fans into the the boxing industry and so that, that's what they're looking at that's a lot more money coming in too you know it's just not regular boxers you know people that just love boxing it's hey these people don't ever watch boxing but they're watching it now so i mean like i said it's, it's all business and i mean which it, when when i watch it i mean when i do come across it i don't know i don't make myself go watch that for sure but when i come across it it's entertaining because i don't look at it as a sport i don't look at it as it's boxing i just look at it as it's entertainment so from that point of view, I'm, I can enjoy it. You know, if I'm if I'm trying to look at it as a boxer, I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know, why would why would they do this? But when you look at it as for entertainment purposes, which everybody goes there and gets entertained. <laughs> so I mean, it's 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 working. Yeah, apparently it is definitely working. You know, and I'm you know like the the event that just happened. You know, Evander Holyfield against Vitor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know Evander Holyfield looked his age. He, I mean, in, in his heyday, he would have beat Vitor's ass. I, I don't care about the hand speed, or whatever. I mean, he would, he would have probably taken Vitor the distance. I'm sure, and probably or into the later rounds, either knocked him out or won a unanimous decision. I think. Um, yeah, but uh, you know that that just didn't look right to me. But. Uh, I, and I knew there was no way in hell Tito Ortiz was going to beat uh, Anderson Silva in a boxing match. There was no way in hell yeah. that was going to happen. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you know, Tito Ortiz is not a, not a striker. You put yeah. Chuck Liddell in there, that mean, it could be a little different. But yeah. it just, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's that, that was the whole setup. You know, you got a, you know, Tito Ortiz, who's, who's a wrestler, going against Anderson, Anderson Silva, who's a striker. Or, you know, hey, Anderson Silva, it's all in his court right there. So, yes. but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all entertainment because, you know, I mean, so many people dislike Tito, you know, me included. And, uh, you know, they like Anderson Silva. So, I mean, they, they, they went to watch him get his, his ass beat. And that's <laughs> what happened, you know. So, <laughs> fans got what they wanted, you know. Everybody got what they wanted. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like, you know, Chuck, Chuck Liddell hurt him. 
and uh, and cut him and uh, made him quit in the second fight. But uh, Anderson Silva put him to sleep, or at least that's the way it appeared. Or was Tito acting? I don't know. <laughs> he he could have been. You figured, you know, let me just uh, take a quick one here and just end it. You know, I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yes. Well. Tony, that's all the time I have for this segment. I want to thank you very much for joining me on the show. And uh, before we go to the upcoming music set, uh, why don't you uh, give yourself a plug? Uh, where can the uh, listeners find you? You got social media, you got a website out there? You know what? I'm, you know, uh, Facebook or Instagram, I don't really tweet. You know, I, I barely uh, found my Twitter account. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play with it, but right now it's just uh, Facebook and uh Instagram, uh, Tony Kryptonite, uh, Instagram is Tony Kryptonite Lopez. Facebook's Tony Lopez Kryptonite. So, I mean, that's where you know, I'm, I'm posting a lot more stuff now, you know, on my storyline, just so people see, you know, what I'm doing and, and stuff like that and uh, get to know me better as a person and also, you know, as what I do for training. <laughs> so, but yeah. Well, as for me, I'm not politically correct enough for Twitter, and so they uh, gave my ass the boot, so... <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, hey, once again, hey, I appreciate your time. Best of luck to you in your future endeavors. And uh, hope to, hopefully you see you in that ring pretty soon again. For sure. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate this. Absolutely. Take care. And there you have the interview with Tony Kryptonite Lopez. It's time to go to the next music set coming up. We have Never Say Die. Going to be followed by Johnny Volatile. I can't pronounce it correctly. I do apologize. He'll be followed by G3 Rap, Exit Eden, and Bree Bagwell. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... You mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. Across a concrete floor Through an open door forever 
So let's face it, you're blind. It's probably a preconceived notion that you'll be stuck to your chair and you won't be able to go out this weekend. You wish you could go out and party with those silent people, but you just don't fit in. But don't worry, we feel your pain. That's why JWorks has developed Virtual Beer Pong. That's right, the game that's the rage at all your local keggers can now be played in front of your computer. And you don't even need any beer to play, because you probably can't get a ride to the store anyway. Just use your arrow keys to guide the ball towards the cups and press the space bar to launch the ball. It's just like you were at a real party. And as the night goes on, your fun will grow exponentially. Order Virtual Beer Pong from JWorks today. Virtual One Night Stand not included.
Simple and plain. I bring it to you raw like Big Daddy Kane. Very old school. I was feeling it. Now I'm out getting it. Honey tossing it up. You think I ain't hitting that? That's another story. I ain't telling. Yelling? Nah, my joint sell. We gon' ride tonight. Yeah. Do you wanna ride with me? I wanna ride with you. Changing it up, I get behind the groove and push like I was screwing. The rule basically is this: 
I drop beats and rhymes that don't miss. So when you step into the club and they bumping my jam, put me front like a punk, you know who I am. And the way I serve this up tasty. A joker tripped and I clip him like a safety. Pen in hand, mic in the other hand, sacks around my neck, swing like Jackie Chan. Damn, not who the man. Nobody else ain't doing this. Stick and move, super smooth, pugilist. Deliver knockout blows to my foes. Those who oppose get stripped and treated like. Don't even go there. You ain't seeing none of mine. Don't try to ruin Miller time. We gon' ride tonight. <laughs> I burn this up and start afresh I ain't got to take no test I'm already in here and I ain't going nowhere Check the technique, flavor the spare Get used to these bangers I'm about to get singers Take this show on the road Can't control, I got soul No need to bite, I write in the range Couple other little things I stay busy, keep it in motion If you're sick of wackness, here's the potion Dope lyrics, banging beats I get the paper then slide like grease Leaving you with original grooves that I cook up and hook up to get the crowd moving. So step up and get served up right, cause G got a trump tight. And we gon' ride tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wanna ride with me? We gon' ride tonight. Do you wanna ride with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you wanna ride with me? We gon' ride tonight. Do you wanna ride with me?
yearn for another day A kiss upon my cheek As he reluctantly Asked if I'm gonna be out late
Lafayette, Louisiana, the hub city, the heart of Cajun country, home of the Cajun Dome, the Cathedral of St. John the Evangelist, Spicy Shrimp, and Red Pill Expo 2021, November 6th and 7th at the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana. Can't make it to Lafayette? The Expo will be live streamed and archived should you miss any of it. Red Pill Expo is the major public event of Red Pill University. The mission of the Expo and the University is to bring together world-class experts to set the record straight on fake narratives, fake history, and fake news at each and every Red Pill Expo. Truth seekers unite to get a better understanding of how the world really works, a world where collectivism reigns. It's time for individualism and an open mind. Mark your calendars and make your plans now to attend Red Pill Expo 2021. Get more details and register today at redpillexpo.org. At some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Points. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government. 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know that the best way to deal with the disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug out bunker with the amenities of home, send an email to brendy at arcmidnight.com or text to 817-900-2424. X-Point, X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats, that's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks, teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org 
right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics, IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Bree Bagwell with Cheat On Me. Before that, Exit Eden with Unfaithful. Before that, G3 Rap with Ride Tonight. Before that, uh, Johnny Vitale with The Gunslinger. or I think that's how it's pronounced. Like a new artist that was introduced to me just recently. And starting off the whole set, Never Say Die with Like a Nightmare. All right. So it's been a while since we've done this. But hey, Chris. Hey, hey, is it time? Oh, bad Billy for the first time in a while. It, it's time. <laughs> This is Outlaw Radio. News of the Weird. All right, so what we got lined up? Well, well, this week, and I need to mute my browser because of that stupid video that starts playing. I hate websites that do autoplay video, but anyways, turns out, Cows can be potty trained as easily as toddlers, maybe easier, and that's no bull. Scientists put the task to the test, and 11 out of 16 cows learned to use the mulu when they had to go. Just like some parents, the researchers used a sweet treat to coax the cows to push through a gate and urinate in a special pen. It only took 15 days to train the young calves. Some kids take quite a bit longer. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I'm call, I'm calling I'm calling bull crap on that. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, pun intended. There. I mean, that, <laughs> let's what's first off? You got uh, AOC. That that would be Alexandria Oak. Casio Loco Cortez, who says cow farts fucking uh, contribute to uh, uh, global warming and climate change, and now this. Well, you know, with cow flatulence in the ozone layer, I mean, if someone comes to me and says that and asks me, what am I doing to help the environment? I look at them point blank and say, I'm eating the cow. <laughs> That's how I'm helping the ozone. Um, so, I mean, it's... And let me just say, cow farts, come on. It's just like human farts, except cow farts take a little bit longer to dissipate because there's more fart in their farts than in a human fart. Because a human fart, really, I mean, because a human fart, if it's if it's just like a normal everyday, 
The only time, the only way that you can smell it is if you hold, is if you're really cool and hold someone's head up to your butt. And now, and the only way that it can be smelled from across the room is if you had tacos <laughs> or burritos or some other thing of gas. But, well, With cow farts, I, I, I will say this. I have never smelled a cow fart. I, I don't know. I smell plenty of cow shit in my life. But then again, uh, you know, um, Cortez has tested positive for an uncurable virus called the coronavirus. So go figure. Moronavirus? Or moronavirus, however you pronounce it. Yeah, he is a moron. <laughs> he, she, whatever. Well, I didn't know that that was... It. It. <laughs> All right, what? what? It. <laughs> yeah. What else we got? Oh, man. Um, see... For a Florida man, uh, we're going back to Florida. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, Florida man. Yeah, Florida man won one million dollars in the lottery game the same day he and his wife opened an auto repair shop. Brian Woodle, age forty-six, bought the five-dollar Gold Rush Supreme scratch-off ticket from a Circle K in Callahan. Um, he selected to receive a one-time lump sum payment of $880,000. The Circle K store will receive a $2,000 bonus commission for selling the winning ticket. Callahan is near Jacksonville on Florida's Atlantic coast. So for the first time in a long time, we actually hear, I mean, this, this Florida man isn't, uh, isn't such a bad thing for once. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. Truly amazing. Damn. Lucky bastard. Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Shower Thoughts. <laughs> right. But first, a quick joke. Oh, what do you got? A lady dwarf goes to the gynecologist for her annual checkup. Any issues or concerns, asked the doctor. <clears throat> she said, well, now that you mention it, I've noticed that when it rains, my labia gets a little, gets a bit red and sore. That's very unusual, says the doc. Hop up on the table and let me take a look. She does, and after a few minutes of checking, he says she can get dressed again. There doesn't seem, there doesn't appear to be anything wrong at the moment, but next time it rains and you get the same reaction, I want you to come straight in, okay? About two weeks later, after two days of steady rain, she's in a fair amount of discomfort and heads to the doctor's office. The doctor has her stand up, stand in front of him and gets her to lift her skirt up. Examining for here, her for a few moments, he says, you're right. It's very inflamed, but I think I see the problem. He goes to his desk and grabs a pair of surgical scissors and sits back down in front of her. This won't hurt a bit, he says, as the scissors near her crotch. She's so afraid that she has to look away. After a couple of minutes cutting, he tells her, okay, you can let your skirt down now. Try a few steps around the office and see if that's made a difference. 
Cautiously at first, she takes little steps. Then her eyes light up, and she takes several big strides. Oh, doctor, she exclaims joyfully. That's such a relief. What did you do? Not much, she said. I just cut about two inches off the top of your rubber boots. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> By the way, uh, I mean, I, I know you're you're a big fan of classic music and, and uh, artists like Kenny Loggins. I, I just I just saw this. Now, I have to ask you, I mean, you've seen the movie Footloose, I'm sure. The original, yes. All right, and have you seen uh, the Stephen King uh, movie, Misery? No. Okay, so I'm sending this now. I'm not, I don't want, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's my asthma kicking up, it's not corona, but um, I don't. I don't watch uh, many Stephen King movies. Uh, I think the last thing I saw from him was uh, Under the Dome. <laughs> but uh, have a look at what I what I just sent you here. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so the scene in uh, what they're talking about there is. Uh, and I'm I I'm not going to direct you to the video because I can't even watch it. Um, it just it makes my stomach turn every time, but um, yeah. So in in the book Misery, obviously Kathy Bates finds that her favorite writer, her favorite author, was in a car accident not too far from her. In fact, she's obsessed with his books, and she's a registered nurse, and she rescues him, and uh, you know, and uh, takes care, t brings him to the house, and takes care of him. But uh, she's overly obsessive and doesn't want him to leave. And so there's a scene in there where she catches him with, uh, trying to escape the house. So she straps him to the bed and breaks his, uh, his legs at the uh, shin and ankle with a sledgehammer. And... <laughs> Uh, uh let's just say the the leg looked looked like it bent like rubber. And it's I I cannot watch that again. I saw that once. Wow. I mean the, the, when you see that it's like that that's one of the the things you cannot unsee. Uh, I mean, just like those kickboxer and UFC videos where you see these guys breaking their legs. I mean, oh. You can't unsee that shit. Uh, all right. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, how about we clear things up with some shower thoughts here? Yes. Actual motherfuckers walk among us. True. If your chick steps on your balls, she's no good. It snowed when dinosaurs were around. The less bullshit, the better. 
Um, in the end, there's nothing stronger than supa supa glue. Not even Dwayne the Clock John Sington. I don't know what that's about. That uh, that that, that that one didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Crocs and cleats could have sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's writing this shit? <laughs> um, that one was written by Ultra Gear 20. Uh, yeah. Okay. Chefs, sous chefs, and prep cooks toss more salad than the average porn star. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there's something that makes some sense. Yeah, I had to upvote that one. Um, <laughs> some a uh, couple of the comments here. Um, I don't know why they would name preparing a salad after eating ass. <laughs> I well, why would they? Why would they call eating ass tossing the salad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all my years of life, I never had a salad in my ass. <laughs> um okay so you know about darth vader and anakin how he was anakin before he became darth vader right of course yes well darth vader was once little orphan annie a and i <laughs> that's true that was, that was good yeah. Um, a gay wedding would either have two stag parties or two hen parties. <laughs> okay. Um, mailmen are the opposite of garbage men in the sense that they, that they take junk to your house. Um... There's one uh, by Nerdbite YT that says it's always mum and dad and never dad and mum. Right after that, uh, Nick P1999 said it's always mum and dad and never lady of birth giving in the oh so large one who doth smell of beans. <laughs> okay. Um, put milkshake in the kettle and just throw it as some kind of shrub. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, masturbation is a form of population control without even realizing it. <laughs> um, if zombies ever exist, there is a high chance that you will encounter a naked zombie on a weekly basis. Mm. Well, they already did. Yeah, they showed that in the first... Uh Ever zombie, real zombie movie, Night of the Living Dead. But here's the thing, though. Unless you're a nudist, you're going to be buried with clothes on. Actually, you know what's kind of funny? You mentioned that, too. Is uh, they, they remade Night of the Living Dead in, um, in 1990. And the, sec mm. the second zombie you see is, appears to be a man walking. Until it turns around the backside, you see the guy's butt because uh, you know how they um, 
you know, when somebody's placing a coffin, they tear the the backside of the clothes down. <laughs> so, I don't, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, because it was after his autopsy, and he's out of the coffin. So yeah, I mean, because the clothes are basically torn down the center, and then of course the clothes start to fall off. You see the uh, cuts on his chest from the autopsies. <laughs> wow. Uh, the adult couple's version of fuck, marry, kill is timeshare, murder, swing. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. Parents teach children that lying is wrong, but as an adult, it is an extremely important skill. Especially if you're a politician. Mm-hmm. Um... Women need... <laughs> oh, what do we got? What do we got? <laughs> Women need to do a better job wiping their butts because no matter how hot they are, they can still get a stinky butt from not wiping good, and men do not enjoy that. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> oh, Lord. Um... Have a power nap before eating a hot dog. You will be energized enough to consume that dog in its entirety. The truth has been spoken. All right. Uh, that was from the same person that wrote um, the, the, where is it? Um, that's the same guy that wrote, it's always mom and dad and never lady of birth giving and the oh-so-large one who doth smell of beans. That was the same person. Okay. Um, Wikipedia is the biggest group project of history. It's easier to watch your weight if you're overweight. Bigger target. Okay. I, I got it. I'm somewhat. I mean, that's somewhat. That's somewhat true. Um, arranged marriage. It's a hookup without the walk of shame next morning. Hmm? If you're surrounded by assholes, you better have a curly tail. <laughs> and what? Say oink? <laughs> um... I, okay, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, but um, let me open this here. Okay, like I said, I don't, I don't know if you will be able to hear this or not, but... Well, what do you got? Oh, I... Um, hold on, let me uh, do... Uh, the enable sound sharing thing on a share computer sound. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was, in case you didn't know, that was um, a radio jingle from uh, Vivid Radio on Sirius XM. All right. 
Yeah, that was part of a, that was basically a woman getting pounded and she was making a pig sound. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, a gay trans person, boy or gr- boy to girl, scientifically is straight. <laughs> if you if you take your age and add four to it, it will no longer be your age. Um. Reddit user the round one says, "If girls were attracted to penis, it would make reproduction much easier." Um, there are a lot of girls that are. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm really beginning to wonder. You know, I mean, that was from nine. Uh, uh, okay, here's one. Um, when a guy gets hit in the balls, other guys watching it subconsciously imagine getting hit. On the balls. Which. Basically we do. I mean we kind of feel for the guy. You know when I see someone getting hit in the nuts. I'm like. Oh. I don't know how how many of us. Watch somebody get kicked in the balls. On TV or something. And the first thing we do is cover our own. (laughs) (laughs) I do the same thing. And yeah. Um, if you no longer like a song because it's overplayed, you probably did that to yourself. Um, unless it's played on the radio too many times. Watermelon sugar, need I say more? <laughs> Um, practicing to give yourself a blowjob can be useful if you fear you may one day lose both arms. <laughs> um, let me, all right, I got to see the comments on this here. You know, um, I guess, uh, I guess there was somebody, there was a dude that broke his neck trying to do that. I mean, that's like, I mean, ugh, it's. See, that level of flexibility isn't in the cards here. Um, someone, another person commented, I mean, imagine if someone, somebody caught you trying to do that to yourself. That's not what it looks like. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I, 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 I can explain. Someone commented saying, "I was ju- I was trying to scratch my nuts. I swear." <laughs> Another person said, "Just like Marilyn Manson." Yeah, that's got to be one of the dumbest rumors I've ever heard. That Marilyn Manson can suck himself. That he removed two of his ribs so he could do that. <laughs> That, that, that's just, wow. Uh, there are probably countless men out there that have had to excuse themselves from meetings midway through due to itchy balls. Okay. (laughs) Um, guilty, guilty. (laughs) I, I mean, I am, um, yeah. You know what though? It's if you have a desk job, it's kind of 
it's kind of easy to take care of, as you know. Kind of yeah, because I mean, you you really don't even have to get up. I mean, just discreetly. Um, cat girls could purr while giving a blowjob for a vibrating effect. God, what the fuck? I got to see comments on this, or yeah. Uh, someone said, so a feline hum job? A hum job. And someone asked, are you okay? Uh, let's see here. Um, voltage is the only case where you are allowed to refer to a physical quantity by the unit itself, even in a scientific context. All right. No, voltage, you can um, you can refer to it if you're describing a Pokemon. And when you're describing radio electronics. And finally, um, let's see. Um, oh, you're looking for one worth reading to close everything. Yeah, because the one that I was going to read, I read it before I said it, and I then realized, seriously? Oh, here's, okay, here's the good one. Working remotely has significantly increased the amount of people that jerk off at work. And that, ladies and gentlemen, does it this week for Shower Thoughts. All right. By the way, before um, before we go further, I noticed when you were doing um, the return, I noticed a new sponsor. Is that, that, is that new since the last time I was on? Yes, yes. So, unfortunately... Uh we we did lose a uh, USAC because uh, because um, it just uh, there wasn't a lot happening there and uh, Craig has been taken off of uh, YouTube, mm. due, due, you know due to this woke censorship bullshit they go that's been going on. But uh, yeah, so t- tell you a little bit about that is um, when I was in uh, South Dakota with. Uh, for the uh, Red Pill Expo, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't realize, but there was somebody there that I had uh, corresponded with 11 years ago. That was a gentleman by the name of Christopher Key, who I have to book for an interview sometime. And, uh, yeah, I had him on when I was doing the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show because he was pushing a product called uh, SWATS, S-W-A-T-S, <clears throat> Uh, athletes uh, competing without cheating, uh, pushing a natural uh, um, hormone, uh, testosterone, uh, made from the uh, deer antler velvet of a, of a deer species in New Zealand. Their antlers grow one inch every year, or every day. Mm. And so there's a, you know, it's a natural form of uh, testosterone, and, um, 
Well, uh, it's no longer called SWATS. It's called IGF-1, Neutronics IGF-1. And yeah, uh, just to uh, piss off the politically correct, that's why we say that the slogan is making men men again. Gotcha. <laughs> because obviously masculinity and being a man is uh, is offensive anymore. You know, I, and it was, you know, it just kind of reminds me, that song by Brad Paisley, I'm Still a Guy. You know, 10 years ago, I was, I was just laughing at that song, especially the ending lyrics. Yeah, because the ending lyrics goes, with all of these men lining up to get neutered, it's hip to be feminized. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, then it says, I don't highlight my hair. I still have a pair. Thank God I'm still a guy. You know, they, you know, and that, it, it sort of reminds me of that woman that want, that thinks all men in Georgia should get a vasectomy. Yeah, I know. I know that. It's like, you know, and now that, you know, if uh, it wouldn't surprise me with the, with this pussified generation that we have, if, hey, get yourself neutered. It's the cool thing to do. Bullshit. I mean, I refuse, I refuse to get my swimmers eradicated. Okay. No, but uh, you got to think though. I mean, Chris, you are a millennial, and there's nothing wrong with that. Even though watch when you watch where you say that. I know that. I'm proud uh, of it. But uh, no, there's nothing wrong with being a millennial. That's just the area area in which you were born. And I'm not going to go as far as say, you know, that you're a brainless one because there are plenty of millennials I talk to out there that uh, that are intelligent that do have a head on their shoulders. But uh, we're talking this uh, this next generation, the intelligence level is dropping more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And hey, just look at what's going on now. I mean, I thought the millennials were in trouble, <coughs> and but thankfully they gained a little bit of knowledge. But I, th- I mean, when I I first thought that the millennials were in trouble. When I saw someone talk about a song that Paul McCartney did with uh, Rihanna and I think Kanye West or something, and they said, man, Paul McCartney's going to have such a promising career. <laughs> wow. I'm like, and I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck? Uh, Paul McCartney has had a promising career on yeah, and I mean, and the people a few years ago that were saying that uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving was racist because they put the black kid in a bad chair. No, he was sitting alone. He would. He was sitting at a table with other people. How was that sitting alone? Because everybody was on one side of the table and he was on the other side by himself. That's not, I mean, in my opinion, nowadays, that's considered social distancing. I mean, come on back. <laughs> you know, back in the 60s, hell, he wouldn't be allowed to sit at a, at a table with white people. 
Yeah, that, and I mean, and here's and here's the thing. A few days ago, I was at a. Um, I had to film a football game, and um, there was, and it was one of these private schools. That's all hoity-doity, Floydy. You know, we're so better than everyone else. Bullshit. And it was mainly white people. There was a black guy that came in and he and nobody talked to him. It was a film. It was a filmer from um, for another TV station. Nobody was talking to him. And I noticed this and I'm and I go up to one guy and I'm like, what's the deal? And he and they said, he's different. And I'm like, so? I walked up to the guy and I struck up a conversation. Oh my God! You, if, if you did that in Mississippi, 1964, you'd be such a horrible person. I'll be hung by my thumbs. <laughs> uh, anyway, it is uh, time to call it a night. But uh, what's on the agenda? for uh, next week is yet to be determined. Uh, gonna, we're going to end the show with Bionic Jive and Ricochet. And Chris, it's by, been, yeah. by the way, uh, can I do a quick uh, shout-out for the Renegade show? Yes, go ahead. Uh, check out the Renegade show that airs on a plethora of radio stations, uh, including the one-year prop, according including uh, probably most likely the station you're listening to Outlaw Radio on right now carries the Renegade Show, maybe, possibly, pop. Uh, there is that small, small chance. Um, but um, I'm actually away from the microphone right now for the Renegade Show because I'm having to shoot football. But my wife is filling in as host, and I'm telling you this, She's doing an amazing job. Yes, she most definitely is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so be sure and check out my wife on the Renegade Show for the next few months. Yes. Well, Chris, it's been a real pleasure having you back on. I know we can't do this all the time, but uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I I enjoyed it, man. It, it, it feels good to do this again. Yes. So, like I said, uh, I'm going to end the show with uh, Bionic Jive and Ricochet. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I shall be back next week. Nibbles! Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
Big cats with bloodhounds. Nightmares murdered in the cold and damn. 1969 in Vietnam, never seen a dead calm type mode. From sundown to crack of dawn, dancing in the napalm. I was first born, trained to kill the calm. Get back to recall. Reinforce the dawn. Penetrate the stronghold. With my ensemble, hopeless wound, purple horn, trigger spawn. Lay him down on my last round at the birth of sundown. Forgive me for taking a life I'm only 19 Becoming a man overseas I wrote you this letter Under fire Can you please talk to God? I think he's mad at me I sleep in the rice fields For days at a time Unable to move Limited food I'm so cold And all I have is dreams Of holding my son And witnessing a smile from you I love you Please excuse the blood I just lost another friend As I'm writing you Miss you Another one gone And I'm ashamed Cause these are days That I'm used to Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from fresh-baked tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today.
Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including water purification by Berkey, delicious long-term storable food by My Patriot Supply, the New Eden Nutritional Support System, the Ionic Toothbrush System, a better way to clean your teeth, the Invisible Mask, a negative ion generator that hangs from your neck like a pendant that mitigates incoming pollution, the High Ion BioKey Quantum Scalar Energy Pendant, EMF mitigating fabrics and clothing, and some really cool infrared night vision binoculars. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live, entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Some of the best blends from around the world, including Serato and Grindhouse Brew. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. Get started at etruzu.com. E T R U Z O O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at OutlawRadioABS.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am sitting on a porch. 
writing another song about Waylon Willie, David Allen Cole. You can't go wrong. Such great outlaw boys just like me. George Jones Can't go wrong 